Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I don't need a babysitter anymore. And I disagree. Well, that... I, you're kind of right there, honestly. Uh, if you look at my workspace, it's just kind of like a clutter of things. I kind of can't wait to stop being, stop having to work from home, so that way like, I can clean up some of these wires that... Uh, are only here because of my laptop workstation, but I mean, otherwise, uh, this this desk is filled with video game shit. Uh, how are you? This, this desk is shit. Get me another. This desk is shit too. <laughs> uh, I'm good. Boy, Cuties is worse than we could have imagined, huh? The uh, I'm I'm curious. Have you watched it? Uh, I was gonna try to, but I, I couldn't. Like, I watched some clips from it, and it's fucking bad. It's fucking real bad. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll, we'll get this out of the way then. Uh, I wanted to watch it too, but like every, I just keep hearing bitching and complaining, and so I'm just like, ah. Uh. Part of me is like, okay, we're having this conversation about the sexualization of young girls, however we're doing it while sexualizing young girls. And it's yeah, like, they... It doesn't matter if that was the point you were trying to make, but, yeah. like, you did it by doing the bad thing. And, like, they they do, like, tight zoom-in shots on, like, their butts and, like, crotches and stuff. There's, like, a part where the one girl runs in the bathroom and, like, you see her, like, pull her... It, like, it doesn't show her naked, but, like, you see her pull her pants down and, like, take a picture of her vagina and put it on twitter what Um, there is a i think a 14 year old girl who like actually is topless in the movie for a moment um i don't know if they used an actor who was 18 or if it was just a 14 year old that had a boob out in the movie uh i don't want to go and find out because i don't want to end up on a list Right. It's just a lot worse than we thought. Yeah, I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt because I hadn't seen it, and then I just kept hearing more and more about it from people who actually did watch it, and, and just yeah. saying how how disgusting and rough it is. So, my uh, <laughs> my coworker actually brought it up to me today because he had the same thought and said, you know, like I wanted to form my own opinion, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, you know, it's it's worse than you could have fucking imagined. But I did, uh, I did watch some clips of it that were on the internet, and it's awful. Um, I don't know, man. It must be, like, the best time ever to be alive to be a pedophile. Because, like, you can just openly do stuff like this, and there's debate about it. Also, you have, uh, you have shit like Dance Moms and, like, child beauty pageants, so, and those get posted to the internet. Yeah. So it's like... 
it's like child yeah, porn. Yeah, and this but, is the natural know, extension of it. Yeah, it's like child porn, but it's likely that you won't be arrested for it if someone finds it on your computer. Yeah. Um, all parents who put their daughters in beauty pageants and dance competitions should be arrested. Yeah. Um, anyway, how are you? Uh, I'm fine. It's football Sunday. I'm very excited about that. Uh, I've been I've been looking forward to football Sunday for a while, being that you know, uh, I'm not going to say things are back to normal, but there's a sense of normalcy with 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 sports going on, and hockey was was a nice nice little bit. Uh, football is also great because uh, Ash Ashley caught me uh, today watching uh, our dick pic masturbating. Fo- <laughs> I was doing three things at once. I was uh, watching football, masturbating, and watching our dick pic. Uh, because football leaves you enough time where you don't have to focus on the screen uh, for the most part. So football is yeah. a nice uh, thing to throw on and like passively watch, actively watch sometimes, mainly passively watch. That uh, I think that's why NASCAR is popular. That makes sense. I mean, they got 500 laps of shit. Yeah, two hours later, oh, they're turning left. Oh, oh, the, the announcers are getting real excited. It looks like uh, a fucking Dale Earnhardt Jr. is passing somebody. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know. I think baseball is the same way, although baseball has like less popularity. Like baseball has a lot of downtime between plays. So uh, the the only negative is that like if you do like anything else, at, like a baseball park, it's possible you get fucking struck in the face by by a hundred mile an hour f- uh, fly ball. Yeah, I've seen some horrifying videos. There was that one of that woman, uh, like maybe five years ago at PNC Park. She's behind the netting, but she's also walking during play. Like she's trying to get like come back from the concession stand, uh, while while play is going on. Which uh, I don't know what happened, but they stopped yelling at people for doing that. Like you you return hmm. to your seats when play like at like either uh during an inning break. Or after a batter has, uh, you know, had their at bat, it's that easy. Right. Be courteous to everybody else. So this woman's walking back, and she gets struck with a fly ball like behind the netting, like right to the fucking dome. And uh, I think it was like ten. Shouldn't have been standing there. Well, she yes, she shouldn't have been standing there. But it was like ten minutes later they got her out, and like it was just a whole thing. I'm like, man, if that woman sues, like. You can't because if you read on the back of your ticket, it's like you assume all liability yeah. when you come to the ballpark, and you should be paying attention at all times. And she wasn't paying attention yeah. at all times. There was a story about that, um, a similar situation where, like, a, a woman got struck in the in the head or something, and they were taking her out. They got her on a stretcher, oh, yeah. and were carrying her out of the stadium. And as she was on the stretcher being carried out. Uh, a foul ball came and hit her in the leg and broke her leg. So she became leg disabled. <laughs> Which is amazing. Uh, I think God hated game. that. Yeah, yeah, fuck that woman in particular. God hated that woman, yeah. But yeah, uh, pay attention to live sports, especially baseball games. Uh, and for you people who don't play baseball, uh, cricket maybe. Cricket might be a game that you have to pay attention for. I don't know. I don't play cricket. I don't understand cricket. Uh, you do to understand you cricket, you have to know what a crumpet is. Uh, that's probably true. I have no idea what a crumpet is either, except... Uh, <laughs> who the fuck knows? I think it's like a pancake. Uh, this is a bad segment. Let's uh, talk about what's your swill. 
Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I'm going to disagree with you. I thought that was a great segment. We talked about cuties and giving it the benefit of the doubt and then realizing that it is as horrible as everyone was uh, screaming. Yeah. Uh, There's only one kind of cuties that uh, I will ever allow in my household, and that is uh, those delicious little tart orange bastards. I'm having Modelo. What do you you have? Uh, I have a gin and tonic now. I have a new gin. It's called the Botanist, and it's uh, distilled with uh, twenty-two like herbs, so it's like twice as good as KFC chicken. <laughs> I was just about to make the joke. I just thought of that right now. That was right off the dome, so I'm I'm very proud of myself. But I'm actually proud of both of us. That was a that's a good that's a good joke, no matter what. Yeah. But uh, I saw it on uh, binging with Babish. He's like sponsored by them, and I was like, yeah, this is at my store. I'll try it. And I got like some Rangpur gin that uh, Gerald got me uh, earlier this year, because uh, I I like that. So I was like, all right, if I uh, if I hate the botanist, I will I will at least have a a different kind of gin that I know that I like to uh, to wash it down. And uh, let me explain to you something. Uh, the botanist tastes like gin. They, like they they say there's 22 different herbs and shit in here distilled it within it, and it's like it tastes just like gin. Like what? Who are you trying to fuck with here? Yeah. Like you can you can put whatever you want in it, but like gin is a very overpowering flavor yes. that kind of sets the tone for whatever it's with. So, I would like to tell Chris Yini, in case he is interested in trying this, it is forty six percent alcohol by volume. So don't think this is. I think he tried like the Bombay Sapphire. Is like holy fuck! I forgot it was like over forty percent. I'm like, yep. <laughs> so don't be fooled. I won't be fooled again. Yeah! Uh, let's do news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, Giri Haji has been canceled after one season. Yes. That was a that was a week for whatever reason you weren't able to be on the show. Uh, and I know you watched some of it. Did you wind up finishing it? I don't think that I ever did. All right, well, uh, based on the end of the first season, I can tell you uh, there is no reason for that show to have ever had a second season, and I know they were writing a second season because the creator lamented as such things, that he had interesting ideas for where to go with the second season. Uh, the show was over. The, like, it had a definitive end. They weren't trying to do... like They, they left a couple dangling storyline threads that could be explored upon, but otherwise, the story was finished. So I don't want to hear any bitching about people being like, herp derp, this, this show should have continued. No, the show should not have continued. It was an average show. Not many people even cared about it. Uh, it's a joint decision between Netflix and BBC. Uh, fuck off. Okay, tell us how you really feel. It's a fine show. Uh, fuck off. Okay, and that'll bring us to our next story, which is that uh, the Toronto International Film Festival happened recently, like over the weekend, and uh, Netflix has acquired three movies from that. Uh, the movies Bruised, Pieces of a Woman, and Malcolm and Marie. So uh, I'm about to read synopses and tell you who's directing and starring in all of these, so uh, bear with me as it's information. Uh, so Bruised is about a disgraced MMA fighter, Jackie Justice, who has to face one of the rising <laughs> stars of the MMA world and deal with the return of her six-year-old son to the mother he deserves. Uh, it's directed by and stars Halle Berry. 
And I think she also wrote it. So when uh, alternate alternate universe Halle Berry looks at this movie, she goes, oh, I wrote and directed it. Uh, she'll be hmm. very disappointed. My name's Jackie Justice. Stop right there, criminal. <laughs> right? That's not a good name. Like, uh, look, I, the worst thing I am at creating characters is uh, creating names. Uh, and even I know not to go with the alliterative, because that's Stan Lee's fucking thing. You leave Stan Lee to being alliterative on his own. All right, next up is uh, Pieces of a Woman. Uh, a grieving woman embarks on an emotional oh, journey God. after the loss of her baby. Uh, this is directed by Cornel Mondrasco. Uh, that's the best as I'm going to do. And uh, stars Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf. Uh, apparently this won some awards over at uh, Toronto International Film Festival, including uh, Vanessa Kirby for Best uh, Lead Actress Performance. So I'm excited for that. I like Vanessa Kirby and things. She's in uh, Mission Impossible, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, the first two seasons of The Crown. And then uh, finally, we have Malcolm and Marie. Uh, we don't know the plot, but it was shot during a uh, early COVID nineteen lockdown, uh, and it's okay. directed by Sam Levinson, who is the showrunner for the show on HBO Euphoria, and stars Zendaya, who is also from that show, and uh, John David Washington. So uh, I don't know much about it. I don't think anyone really knows much about it. It's just a, a thing that's happening, but we're all excited. Because those are two good actors. Okay. More on this story as it develops. Yeah. More is uh, as we inevitably get these movie trailers for Downstream, and then it turns out they mismarketed it just like they did Cuties. Except that they didn't mismarket it. They knew exactly what they had. They were just like, look, don't watch the pedophilia movie. Well... Apparently, it's also just a bad movie, so it got its 15 minutes of fame from being controversial. Oh, so Netflix, like, doing their marketing thing wasn't just like, oh, they're doing a a controversial thing. It was just like, hey, we need this to be controversial, otherwise no one will talk about it. Yeah, probably. I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised to see it got pulled from Netflix at some point. That would be interesting. Okay, so it was produced for four million dollars. So maybe, maybe ten. Maybe they bought it for ten. Maybe, or maybe that's the price they bought it at. I don't know. So, hmm. uh, I'm going to assume it's like in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to be a big. Uh, it's not going to be a big loss. So I could see it. I could see them saying "fuck this." And removing it from their service in order to get some uh, goodwill from people. Yeah. Why not? That'll move us over during Downstream, where we're going to talk about some trailers for some very interesting things that are coming out this week. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! The first trailer is for My Octopus Teacher. Uh, This is about um, an octopus who... Uh, has to spend their own money on art supplies. I don't know. This looks stupid. Like, like, like this man. This man. Um, look, I suffer from depression, but this man seems to have a true mental illness. I don't. Uh, he he just went swimming with fucking octopuses or octopi for one day, and we went. Oh, this changed my life forever. I always preferred octopodes as the uh, pluralization. Eh, that makes sense. Uh, regardless, uh, this looks dumb. 
I don't know. I thought it looked kind of good. Fuck me, I guess. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, actually, I don't. You do whatever you want. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I do, I don't know. I, I just I just looked at this and I just went, uh, what? Huh? What have you What have you done to this world now? Yeah, I don't know. It's a guy who has an octopus friend. Uh, our next trailer is for Rebecca, a movie. Mm-hmm. It's about a girl who gets married, and her husband's maybe bad? Or there's a ghost? I can't tell. Um, that And that's the thing, is I have no idea. Uh, apparently this has been adapted like a hundred times, or uh, the book sucks. I, there, there was some kind of controversy with this when uh, the trailer got released for it. I didn't really pay attention because uh, the last time a trailer that was released that had controversies for it, I just went, I'll form my own opinion. And I, I was I was wrong. Uh, regardless, uh, this looks like Anus. Uh, despite the fact that it has Lily James and Army Hammer starring in it, this looks really, really bad. It looks like a generic horror movie kind of thing. Yeah. Next is a trailer for a series that definitely has ghosts in it. It's called Julie and the Phantoms. Yeah. It's about Julie and some phantoms, and they start a band, uh, and sometimes the people can't see the ghosts because they're not playing music. Yep. They can only materialize in physical form when they're playing music, and then when they stop, they disappear. Uh, and they have unfinished business, so they might have to quit the band. Yeah, and, uh, I don't, I don't know how long you watched, but, uh, they, in the second half of the trailer, you know, after a minute and a half, uh, they start hinting at the fact that Julie and one of the phantoms start ha- having a burgeoning relationship. Oh my. Yeah. Uh, thi- this series' big claim to fame is that it's directed by Kenny Ortega. Uh, of High School Musical and The Descendants fame, but I more know him from directing the Halloween classic Hocus Pocus. Disney Channel tripe! Uh, this looks terrible. Uh, as soon as I... I was like, eh, this could be okay, and then I saw a uh, Phantom Relationship. I just went, oh no! Something, something... Uh, high School Musical, The Phantom Man's Ass. I don't know. Good, good try. I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a trailer for the playbook, a documentary profiling uh, famous sports team co- coach of teams. Yes. Uh, so I have nothing to add here. Oh, okay. Uh, well then, let me explain. Uh. Well, not explain. Uh, I'm interested in this because it seems like the philosophy of coaching. So if you're somebody who wants to get into coaching, uh, whether that be at like an amateur level or like a, uh, like a school level or high school level, college level, something like that, uh, this could be interesting for you. This might be a thing that you're, you're interested in checking out. Uh, otherwise, I don't care. Uh, I'm not somebody who who I would never make a good coach. Uh, I'll just say that right now. Uh, I, I've tried coaching; uh, it doesn't work. I don't I, I don't understand the philosophy behind it, uh, and, and the way I think does not match with how coaching should go. So, uh, from that kind of an aspect, it'll be interesting. 
other aspects, no one will care. I'm sorry you weren't good at being the sport boss. That's fine. Uh, we're very excited about the next trailer. <laughs> Are we? Are we? Yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, it's called Hubie Halloween. Yep. Yep. Uh, if you're wondering what the fuck it is, it's another Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. It's about his popular character, Hubie Fully Loaded. <laughs> Thank God Lindsay I, Lohan quit this, the sequels. It's a stupid show. Um Yeah, he does a he does he talks like this the whole time and he has to save the town from Halloween. Yeah. Because there are very spooky things happening and no one believes him. Yeah. Because he always makes false police reports. <laughs> He, this man should be in prison, is what we're really trying to say here. He he is a, he's a regular old Karen. Who Adam Sandler should be in prison? I agree. Yes, I mean, his hair, his character, absolutely. Adam Sandler himself, probably. He he is a con man. He steals mute money from movie studios. No, 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 just one movie studio. Who 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 bases everything off of how many people view something? Yeah. Kevin James is in it. Steve Buscemi. Um, probably a lot of more people. Uh, Keenan Thompson is in this. He's the the guy answering the phone the entire time. Kevin James plays uh, a cop. So Paul Blart got a glow up, and he's making positive career moves. So he good looks, for him. His fake beard looks fucking terrible. Or his real beard. Looked very, very bad. <laughs> As somebody with a bad beard, I can I can agree. Uh, so guess what we're doing for our Halloween episode? That, that's correct. Corey, Corey saw the trailer for it, went, this is my shitty mo- movie <laughs> that we're going to watch. <laughs> uh, uh. In, so Nick actually brought this up on Twitter, and I wanted to address this now. This is not the bad movie that Adam Sandler promised to make. Uh when he lost the Oscar nom- the Oscar for um, Best Actor for his performance in Uncut Gems. This is not that movie. So Is he is he still crafting that, that I would ass- magnum opus? I would assume so. And I would also assume that that would be a major part of Netflix's marketing for that movie. So, hold on. If you're waiting for the worst movie ever, keep, 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 keep a hang on. Uh, even though... Is it, 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 isn't... Every movie he makes just to punish us. I mean, kind of. <laughs> to, <laughs> to punish us for the crimes that we did. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what happened. Where uh, I don't know if like we've progressively gotten more used to the Adam Sandler garbage on Netflix, but we've been uh, moderately favorable to his movies as opposed to everybody else who is like, these are dog shit. Like, I don't, I don't know if, cause like, as we've gone on, like ridiculous six, terrible, but like Sandy Wexler murder mystery, we're just like, yeah, it's, it's fine. This is watchable. Well, as we brought up in, you know, those reviews, like it's the ones that he doesn't direct that he's fine in like murder mystery. He did not direct that. And it was all right. 
I think this is one it's also written by Tim Hurley. And I think that's the the bad the, the those Hurley are the bad boy. Movies. Yeah, well, that's where they got the Hurley boy from is is that guy's last name. But Tim Hurley is it really? Yeah, huh. I'm not kidding. There there is really a man called Tim Hurley. Hello, let me water your plants. And, and I'm looking at him now. He looks like fucking Brian Dennehy. Oh God. Yeah. So <laughs> so here here are the movies that uh, Tim Hurley has written. Uh, we have Mr. Deeds. Bedtime Stories, Grown Ups 2, Pixels, The Ridiculous Six, and Hubie Halloween. So, uh, but uh, of Fuck. course, I would like to point out he has also written Billy Madison. Did Happy he write Gilmore. them in English? <laughs> he has also written the following movies that of Adam Sandler's that are considered good. Uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer, The Water Boy, uh, Big Daddy, maybe? And also Little Nicky? Which are like two gray areas that I'm not sure. Uh, I think that's when it devolves into madness. Uh, but uh, based on his recent track record, if for some reason the, you have a, a, a thought going into this movie, uh, it's going to be bad because Tim Hurley, he wrote it. <sighs> God damn it, Hurley, he boy. I don't know. Let I like Billy Madison. Sleep in your bed. <laughs> I like Billy Madison a lot, but yes. even even I would not call that a good movie. It it's it takes me back to a place in time. Like it's it's a weird artifact. It's like sure. it's like an Aztec dagger that they would use to carve <laughs> the hearts out of a living victim. Like Kalima. it's it <laughs> it's not a great thing in and of itself, but it evokes. A very powerful time period. Yeah, so when I say good Adam Sandler movies, I, I don't mean like they're technically like they're technically proficient, but they're not like anything sparkling in terms of like what you would think of them in in terms of cinematic value. With with Billy Madison and other like uh, among that, I think the, the Wedding Singer is the best technically proficient movie because it actually like it's Adam Sandler doing his thing, but it's also mixed in there with like actual characters who aren't just fucking parodies of anything or like just ridiculous. So I don't know. I I have no. I I just have an idea that uh, Hubie Halloween is going to be uh, nothing but straight trash. It's going to be very bad. I think we spent more time talking about the the theory of Hubie Halloween than they put into uh this like actually doing Hubie Halloween. Oh, I'd imagine. <laughs> I can't I can't fucking wait to see this shit show. Alright. Anyway. Alright, that'll bring us up to our next trailer, which is for the series Sneakerheads. Uh it's about a guy who wants to go shoe shopping. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't understand sneakerhead culture. I don't at all. So, uh, I, it, it may be funny. I looked at this trailer and just went, nope, this sucks. Yeah, it's about a a guy whose wife is mad at him for ruining them from buying shoes. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes to buy shoes. Yep. Uh, if this movie doesn't end with his wife leaving him forever... And him being crushed by the weight of his own failures and uh, inability to control his compulsions, then I have no interest in it. 
Well, good thing is it's a series, so uh, she's probably going to leave him at the end of the season. But All uh, right. I, I am looking forward to the show being canceled and, and uh, everyone on the internet being like, but why did they cancel my favorite show? Yeah, really. And then we have the trailer for Country-ish. So if you liked the... Fuck, I can never remember the Rascal Flats Man show. That guy. Uh, uh-huh. If you liked that show, uh, here's a show about Coffee Anderson and his wife, who is a hip-hop dancer. Uh, and it's uh, a saccharine look at their life and the struggles they face, which, I don't know, it like for this type of reality show, it is somewhat interesting because, like, she is undergoing chemo mm-hmm. and like, so they're, they're struggling there. But like, other than that, it's like, uh, like, look at how cool and awesome our lives are as minor celebrities. So it's a reality TV show where somebody who has no celebrity at all, uh, is trying to use their celebrity, the little celebrity they have as leverage to get a reality show where potentially people who have never heard about them become, uh, interested in them, and then make them even more famous. I danced with Britney, bitch. So I originally thought this was a Kenya Barris thing because it is the ish. There, there is ish in the title of it, uh, and also because there is a black man as the main character. Uh, Oof! And I just went, oh nope, nope, not Kenya Barris. Okay, well, I'm an idiot. Then you had to examine the. Your uh, underlying uh, racist tendencies that that's that's one hundred percent true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, good for you for realizing it and coming to terms with that. I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Big oof. Eh, sorry, I sucked all the life out of the thing you were doing. No, it's fine. All right, uh, that'll move us over. Oh, uh, by the way, I'm not watching this. It's a reality TV show, and the only one I watch is New- uh, Real Housewives oh. of New York with my girlfriend. Oh, That's about oh, it. oh, God, no. No, I'm not watching this. Uh, so with that, it's time to uh, talk about some quick hits. Talk about some things we watched this week, Caleb. Uh, I watched the 2005 remake of The Producers. That is with uh, Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane, correct? Correct. And also Uma Thurman, who uh, I did not really recognize. Oh, really? Were her eyes like... pushed closer together? <laughs> was her, was her uh, eye wrangler no, she working had overtime? A, she had a blonde wig on. So. Oh, well, that explains it. Well, I mean, um, Kill Bill. Yeah. But... I never watched Kill Bill. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So this is about Nathan Lane. He's a a shitty Broadway producer. Um, He makes really bad plays. They're really bad. And everybody hates him. And uh, he's a scumbag. He sleeps with a bunch of little old ladies to fund his plays. They'll, like, give him money and he'll take them out on the town and dick them down and make them feel like they're still, still something. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Matthew Broderick is an accountant, but he's always dreamed of being a Broadway producer. So he comes in to do the books for this schmuck and is like, huh, you were like $2,000 uh, short on what you reported for your budget from the last play. Like you collected this much money and you claimed like the budget that it cost you this much. And there's a $2,000 discrepancy. And then he says, you know, if uh, if a play is a big enough failure, you could actually uh, make more money with a flop than with a success. Uh, so the two of them hatch this scheme to make the worst play ever and to, like, basically just not put a lot of money into putting the play on and, like, pocket the the millions that they get from these old ladies that Nathan Lane is fucking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this movie it's it's very like it takes the piss out of like old school Broadway. Um it's very campy, very like y- you have to be into that aesthetic, I guess. Which uh I don't know, I I appreciated it. Vanessa was kind of on the fence about it. Will Farrell is in this and it's oh. he's amazing. Uh, okay. Because he plays Franz Liebkind, who is the neo-Nazi whose play they buy, uh, which the play is titled Springtime for Hitler. Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it's a gay romp uh, featuring the uh, Fuhrer himself. See, I, I know of the producers. I've never seen the producers, and I know... Uh, Oh fuck! What was his name? Uh, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder did a producers back in the day, and that, and if I watch any version mm-hmm. of the producers, it would be the Gene Wilder version, because as yeah. we've seen, the Gene Wilder version of anything is better than whatever remake they come up with. I don't know. To to make a long story short, I'll just tell you the rest of the plot because like it's from fucking fifteen years ago, and if you wanted to see it, you'd have seen it. But like. Uh, as, like, Will Ferrell himself ends up, like, they cast him to play Hitler uh, because they know he'll take it, like, super seriously. And uh, as they're getting ready for opening night, he falls down the stairs and breaks his leg. Uh, so they have to, like, really quickly fill in with, uh, like, one of the guys who helped them put the show on, who is... Uh-huh. um. I forget exactly what his role was, but like he's he's a gay man and he is like part like he he helps with the choreography and different stuff like stage directions and stuff like that. But anyway, he like he ends up filling in and playing Hitler. It's like everybody's disgusted with this play, but whenever it comes time for him to come on as Hitler, uh, like he's for lack of better phrasing, just gang it the fuck up, like, <laughs> to an absurd degree. Uh-huh. Uh, so everybody's like, oh, it's a parody, uh, and start laughing, and the play becomes a giant success. So then, like, the back half of the movie is, like, uh, the police arrest Nathan Lane for uh, embezzling all the money through his shitty play and then not... Like, he had two ledgers, one that said show to the IRS and one that said don't show to the IRS. 
Okay. Uh, and then Matthew Broderick runs off with all the money. Okay. It's a it's a fine movie. Okay. Uh, is that it? That's it. All right. So prepare yourselves. So Caleb last week or two weeks ago watched uh, Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey. Uh, which mm-hmm. is now open the floodgates. Uh, and by floodgates, I mean this is uh, the only time I'm going to do this. Uh, I didn't watch anything else on Netflix this week, but I did rent something for four ninety nine. This it was it, it was a shirt that I found for four ninety nine. Hey, my shirt cost four ninety nine. <laughs> uh, this is also a cautionary tale of rent your movies before the weekend because they go up in price. Uh, uh, I talked to Ashley about watching the movie Money Plane. Uh, on Thursday for our uh, Saturday, uh, our, our B-Movie Saturday. Uh, and in that time, it went up a whole dollar. So make sure when you think about renting something on Amazon, uh, you just rent it. Because at that price, it will probably go up. Because, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos in his office can hear you. Uh, regardless, money plane. Jeff Beyblades. <laughs> remember Beyblades? You remember Beyblades? I actually own Beyblade, uh, certain Beyblades. Uh, they're in my brother's closet right now. Somehow, uh, one day at work, we got on the topic of discussing anal beads, and one of my coworkers said that uh, when you pull them out, you're supposed to do it like you're starting a Beyblade, and I about died. <laughs> it, it just sounds like you found the perfect work work environment. I, I, just, I, I, just say I that. really love it. Uh, so, Money Plane. This stars uh, Adam Copeland, better known as Edge from WWE, which is the main reason I wanted to watch this movie. Not the Edge from uh, no. Bono's Bono and the Phantoms. No, no, no. <laughs> the Edge is a Phantom, though. Uh, that is one hundred percent true. No one's ever seen him before, uh, unless he's mm. playing music. The only interviews he does are while strumming guitar. Uh, it also stars Kelsey Grammer. And uh, Denise Richards. Uh, you you sent me a clip of Kelsey Grammer in this movie, and it like this movie is so far beneath Kelsey Grammer that it's like he had to have done it on purpose. I I, I feel like that because like I don't think Kelsey Grammer has to work again. I think Frazier makes enough money in syndication that he never has mm-hmm. to... It's like Friends. He never has to work again. Cheers. Like, He's got Cheers, cheers money. Frazier um, money. Uh, X-Men yeah. money. And, uh... I don't know. Like, that clip you sent me just really reminded me of whenever Tim Curry was in uh, the Command & Conquer game. Mm. Where, he sa- where he did, like, a fake Russian accent and he says... Uh, I'm going to the one place that hasn't been spoiled by capitalism. Space! It's amazing. Look up that clip. Okay. Uh, so, Money Plane. It is literally what the title says. There is a plane where a bunch of illegal gambling happens uh, on illegal events. Uh, there's uh, Russian roulette gambling. We have a man I- who uh, is in a cobra pit. Uh, and he, and it's like, how long until this man dies of, uh, you know, being bitten by a poisonous cobra and other shit. Uh, also, Kelsey Grammer says the line, <laughs> if you want to see a guy get fucked by an alligator, money plane. Uh, and if you think, I, and if you think I'm lying, you're wrong. 
I'm not lying. This movie actually exists. It costs $4.99 or $3.99, depending on what day you decide to rent it on. Regardless, it is the beast of B-movies, but it also just has... It's, it's that movie that has those recognizable names up front, and they're like... It also has Thomas Jane in it. Uh, so it has like these oh, wow. names that you recognize, but then like the the people who do the most amount of stuff are like these nobodies who just exist. Uh, the other point of interest about this movie is that it features all three Lawrence brothers. We have uh, Joey Lawrence, Andrew Lawrence, and I think I think it's Matt Lawrence. I don't know. Uh, Ashley was very excited about the Matt Lawrence part of that, about the like the the Lawrence part about it. Uh, it's I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. It's a bad movie, but I know it's a bad movie. And I had no fewer than three people try to say, "Why are you watching this movie?" or try to dissuade me from watching this movie. I want to point out to those people, I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew exactly what what I was doing when I pressed spend five dollars on fucking money plane. I knew what I was. I knew what I was getting myself into. So like. I'm spending four ninety nine on an hour and a half. Actually, less than an hour. And a half. It's like eighty minutes. Eighty minutes worth of entertainment, uh, based off of uh, over the top performances by Kelsey Grammer, who is literally sleepwalking his way through this, uh, and watching uh, my favorite professional wrestler of all time, Edge, try to act as the lead in the movie, uh, and just observe this script that is uh, complete and utter dog shit come to life before hmm. my eyes. I loved it. This movie's amazing. It's not it's not the best movie we've ever watched for B Movie Saturday. That that accolade still goes to uh Who Killed Captain Alex, uh the Ugandan movie uh from uh Wakaliwood. Uh if Was you have Knuckles seen, in it. Uh, <laughs> uh no. Uh there there's Bruce Yu, Uganda's Bruce Lee. Do you know the way? Uh yes. Uh <laughs> That's the best one, followed uh, followed by uh, Alien Private Eye, which is uh, arguably the greatest 80s movie that no one's ever seen. I fucking uh, have to see Alien Private Eye. Alien Private Eye is so good. It's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, it's on YouTube, I believe. I, I, I believe we found it on YouTube for free. So uh, I, I highly recommend you all go, go seek out Alien Private Eye. Uh, regardless... Uh, Money Plane is like in that top five B movie Saturday movies for me of like the best worst movies I've ever watched. So, okay, uh, is there any connection between this and Soul Plane? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't <laughs> think they had the budget because, like, it. The irony to this is is that it's called Money Plane, but it looks extraordinarily cheap. Like the sets are just like it. it it's like they have the same places for sets. And then they just like dress it differently based off of whatever they need to shoot in there. So like I, I I'm sh- they're like specifically for the money plane. They shot it in an actual plane, which is like is fine, but it's a decommissioned plane. So like they just changed like this one section around multiple times. Like uh, at one point it's a lounge, at one point it's actually a casino, at one point uh, there's hookers in it. You know, uh, it's it's the money plane, but like like. <sighs> It's like Kelsey Grammer owed someone a favor and just went, eh, yeah, fuck it, I'll be in Money Plane, only if I can be this ridiculous character who goes, <laughs> I am Darius Emmett Grouch III, the Rumble, the baddest motherfucker <laughs> on the planet, and delivers it exactly like that. 
Like, I could have done that role. And it would probably have been just as convincing and uh, far cheaper. They could have gotten me for fucking acting minimum, and I would have fucking done that. Regardless, uh, I, I, I love this movie. Uh, maybe don't spend four ninety nine on it. Maybe don't spend three ninety nine on it. See if it comes to a streaming service. Uh, Amazon, like Prime, would probably be the best one it would come to because Amazon is known for having terrible B movies. Like they understand, like that's a niche, uh, and that's how you can get customers is is having terrible B movies for your regular subscription price. So maybe wait for that. Don't you know? Don't don't pay money to actually watch it. But you know, whenever whenever it becomes free, seek it out. It's highly enjoyable. All right, I'll uh, take your word for it. I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be joined by uh, a horror guy uh, named Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast, and we will talk about the babysitter, Killer Queen. The Netflix and Swole Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast... Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Caleb, we are joined by Gerald of Two Peas on a Podcast and Gerald Makes Dan Watch fame. Gerald, hi. Hello. How are you, fellas? Uh, just wonderful. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You guys are fine. I agree. I mean, we're Gross. always fine. Right, right. Uh, so we are here, of course, to talk about a horror movie. Because uh, for some reason, uh, I, I don't know why, but we have Gerald on, on the show for that. I don't know why. But uh, mm-hmm. Caleb, why don't you tell people the vital statistics for The Babysitter, Killer Queen. The Babysitter, Killer Queen is a brand new comedy horror film on Netflix. Uh, hour and 41 minutes. Uh, this is a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Two years after Cole survived a satanic blood cult, he's living another nightmare. High school. And the demons from his past still making his life hell. This is directed by McGee and stars Judah Lewis, Samara Weaving, Jenna Ortega, uh, Robbie Amell, other people. Yes. Uh, so, Gerald, you're the guest. Why don't you uh, tell us what you think about... Uh, what the fuck is this called? Oh, baby, the babysitter, Killer Queen. <laughs> well, to keep it somewhat spoiler-free here in the beginning, I... Uh, I don't want to be too harsh, but I mean, I was disappointed at the end of the day. Yes. I, yeah. I, I, I so love no the such first thing one. too harsh, that, especially <laughs> right. on this show. <laughs> right. I love the first one. I mean, the first one was, too. was really cool. And I, I feel like this one just 
basically was trying to be the exact same thing, but everybody was two or three years older. Um, and it was just kind of weird. It, there's some stuff that's like on the technical side that really took me out of the story, particularly the CGI blood drives me fucking nuts when movies do that. Uh, mm-hmm. It just looks like shit. And as a horror guy, Dan, as which people say I am, uh, I do not like no, that no, no, at no. all. And it, it really takes me out We don't say you are. You say you are. I do. I do. You're right. I do say I am. And, but and, some people and say I do. we make fun of you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Uh, so glad <laughs> here for you guys. You make it so easy to make fun of you. Uh, is um, that what it is? I love you, but you make it so easy because you literally just go, hashtag I'm a horror guy, hashtag round out that top ten. Every episode. <laughs> like, every episode of your show if you get both of those things, it's just like, well, it's the perfect two peas episode. Well, I have to do the bingo card, you know. Yeah. So I know those are on everybody's card, but no, I mean, you know, I know we'll stop, get into. Um... Stop bullying him, Dan. Uh, he's bullying <laughs> me right now, you're... but he's making me watch <laughs> Halloween. You... Leave me alone. I can't. Don't you know you're supposed to respect your elders? <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Continue, Gerald. As we uh, stop. No, I mean just. No, it's okay. I, you know, I mean, in reference to Killer Queen, I mean, I, you know, there were parts that I did enjoy and, you know, some of the actors I really like, but generally speaking, this, this was a disappointment for me, especially compared to the first one. Sure. Caleb, what did you think? It sure is a horror movie sequel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I had fun. It is a lot of the, more of the same. They try to up the stakes to mix degrees of success. Um, I don't know the like the big bad from the first movie isn't in it for the most part, which is kind of a trope in horror movies sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They really tried to like Scott Pilgrim the hell out of it. Like oh, at yeah. one point, there's a fight between two characters and health bars pop up mm-hmm. for some fucking reason. Yeah, it it was too. To go on what Caleb's saying, I agree. I didn't mention that, but you know, McGee's the director that is an acquired taste, right? And all of his movies kind of look like you know ninety-minute music videos. Shocking! The guy who directed music videos makes ninety-minute music videos. Exactly, exactly. It's just too. Sometimes with movies like this, it can be too stylized. Sure. You know, Scott Pilgrim it works because it's turning a comic book to life. You know, but in a horror movie, it's like, what what are you trying to do here, bro? Like. Certain parts of it are charming, but when it just is a constant thing throughout the entire movie, much like what Caleb's saying, it kind of takes me out of it, too. Right. Uh, That being said, I would watch any number of these movies to uh, see every shirt with Robbie Amell with his shirt off. Correct. (laughs) Yes, he's one of the best things. Absolutely. I'm not gay, but he makes me uh, very close. You make me very close, but he's just funny. Stop he's a funny dude. Hitting on me. <laughs> I remember the first time I, I saw Robbie Mill in anything. It was that, Caleb, do you remember that, that movie, Ark? I do. Yeah. I liked was, that movie. That's a, that's a fine movie. Uh, so as as for my thoughts on this movie, uh, this movie's bad. It's a bad movie. It uh, it's too. There's too much McGenus, unfortunately, mm-hmm. which sucks. Uh, Mc, the McGenus was the worst part of the first movie, uh, and like, yes, it's a take. He has a very take it or leave it style, uh, but I don't know. The first 
half hour does very little to make me invested in what's happening in the movie in the first place. And uh, then they then the events actually unfold of, okay, now we're understanding what this movie's about. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm kind of let down by the first part, but, you know, maybe there'll be something good here. And it's a mixed bag from, from after that. But mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, I had some fun. There are some good elements. I really do like the, the Cole-Phoebe relationship stuff. I think that's fine and good. But otherwise, uh, I, I have a lot of problems with this movie. It it seems like they're trying to force him to be, like, a social pariah slash nerd. Like, he wears a fucking corduroy suit throughout the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who's gonna fucking fend off a blood cult and not just be like, alright, I'm gonna rock some fucking, like, like a Slayer t-shirt or something. And the first one, too. And the first one, Cole was always presented like kind of like overly nerd by the way they kind of made him dress and particularly sure, but like, scenes when he was at school and stuff, too. But, like, they didn't really, like, aside from having like, kind of PTSD adjacent like psychoses, mm-hmm. um, like they don't really show that experience as like having changed him in any way, right? Because mm-hmm. the number one thing that always that happens in both movies is that somebody pushes him over and they yell "pussy" and then walk away. <laughs> like right. it, it looks like his <laughs> his whole thing hasn't changed in any way, shape, or form. Like, yeah, people are like, "Oh, look, it's a psycho kid," and that's about it. Uh, otherwise, he's still just as bullied as he was before. Right, well, that's the that's kind of the point that that I think all three of us were making in our initial thoughts is that this is basically trying to be the same movie. So this is the Cole that oh, we I really don't think knew this from is the trying first to be one. The same movie at all? Oh, I do. I think this is trying to repeat a lot of the same. It's trying to repeat a lot of the same tropes and a lot of the same. I mean, it's the same story, really. But, I mean, I mean, yeah. When you have a blood cult whose one goal is to uh, seek the blood of the innocent in order to get what they want, right. yes, right. But outside of that, I don't think there's as many similarities as to be expected, because well, that actually revolves spoilers, so I'm not going to say what that the reason is, but uh, otherwise, I don't agree with that. But sorry, continue. No, I mean, I was just in reference to Cole. I mean, I feel like Cole is the same, and I think this is what Caleb's saying, but he's the same character that he was in the first one. He's just a little bit older in age. But he's still bullied, he's still picked on, he's still, you know, being pushed down the audience's throat as he's just this huge geek when, you know, the outside facade doesn't really match that. Uh, I mean, you know, you mentioned the corduroy suit, which is kind of hilarious that someone would wear would wear that to high school, uh, particularly if they're prone to being bullied. But, I mean, what do I know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's all I was saying is that it seems like the same character that he was in the first one, just he's a little bit older now. Uh, sure. I'll agree to that. I I wish that I had a dad so that my dad could be Ken Marino. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? What was... Does Leslie Bibb have another movie coming out this year? (laughs) Is that why she wasn't in this movie at all? Yeah, I don't know. I love her in this role, too. And she was in the beginning, so I was kind of hoping she was going to be throughout it. But yeah, she never showed back up, huh? I'm now looking this up to see what Leslie Bibb is up to. Also, she's a brunette in this. Wait, she's she's married to Sam Rockwell? Really? Good for her. 
Good for her. There's some talent Good. in that family. <laughs> wow. Shut up, Gerald. <laughs> uh, no, she's in literally nothing. So I don't, I don't know why mm. she was. She, she must have been busy doing something else that no one knows about. Uh, re- regardless, uh, we get more. Uh, I'm willing to say this: we get more of uh, Melanie's dad, uh, Juan. Was his name Juan in the first movie too? I don't think I don't it ever know. showed him in the first yeah. one. No, it did because remember he steal when Cole steals the car at the end of the at the end of the movie. He's like, "I'm going to sue you." He just looks way yeah. different in this movie because he's going through his midlife oh. crisis. Yeah, I, I don't think they, they ever showed him. I didn't remember that. No, I remember him from the first one because he was, you know, when he picked picked him up at picked her up at school. Yeah, and she was like, "Can we give Cole a ride home?" And he was like, "NASCAR bitch or whatever," and he peeled <laughs> off in his hot rod. <laughs> There's also that um, scene of him washing his car when he uses the hose, like like right. he, like jerks the hose around like his dick, like uh, right. He, he's right. like a fucking 15 year old kid. But in the body of like a a a ninety four year old man, it's that it, this is like he's what Gerald would look like if he was doing that. Mm. Hey, drive by my house on the weekend when I'm washing my car. You never know what you might see, buddy. <laughs> uh, is there anything else? Anything wants to say before we get into spoilers on uh, on this movie? Because uh, there is one major spoiler that uh, they I think the trailer actually did a good job of uh, keeping under wraps. Yeah, I didn't watch the trailer for this. I was telling you that, Dan, and I actually still haven't. So, which I guess there's no point now. I've seen the movie, right? Um, I never watched the trailer, so I guess maybe that's. I'm intrigued to hear what what you guys think about that. I think I know what you're talking about, though. Yes, I like this genre of like the reverse slasher movie. Between this and like its predecessor, and like stuff like Tucker and Dale, like this is the lower end of that type of movie but right oh i still had fun with it mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I mean like i th- I think this is a bad movie but I, st- I still had some fun with it like there there's still some funny parts uh, i do feel like they're 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 dropping references that like if they're teenagers why do they know these references like they they reference a lot of 80s shit and i get like that's probably when mcgee was a teen but like it's a lot of 80s shit for kids from today, and I'm not sure how many of them are actually watching, you know, uh, or, or like listening to like Aha or some shit like that. Like what what 80s kid is doing? Like what kid today is doing that kind of stuff? Whatever, uh, that's fine. Uh, otherwise, no, you like it's an hour and 42 minutes. Like it's like 10 minutes longer than your, the first one. It's not terrible, but it's no, I mean, I, I, I did uh... it. It's enjoyable enough. Yeah, I mean, I go along with what you guys are saying. I mean, you know, it, I would categorize it as a disappointment for me mm-hmm. just because I love the first one so much. Um, but, I mean, you do have fun with this movie. I mean, it is it is a good time. It's not like you sit there and go, wow, is this over yet? This is fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you do enjoy it. It's just on some level, I just didn't connect with it like I did the first one. I guess the originality was kind of gone, too, um, which probably hurt it, you know. Yeah my perception of it. And I think possibly also the surprise factor, because like when I, I remember when the babysitter first came out, I was like, Oh, this is a big surprise. I didn't expect this kind of movie. Like I expected this to be kind right. of dumb. And then I watch it and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of dumb, but it's also extremely entertaining. And like, there's a lot of heart to it too. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And that first one, and I know we're not doing a review of that one. Actually, we did do a review of that one. I came on and did that with you guys. But, you know, that first one was really cool, too, because that first half hour, you know, it's a really slow you know, story about like Cole and B's friendship. And like then just out of nowhere, you know, B stabs that dude. I think his name was Samuel, you know, in the skull. And from there, it's it's just like a bloodbath. You know what I mean? So it really kind of turned it on his head immediately like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, like you said, that factor is now missing because we we know that you know we know what the story of the blood cult is and it's just kind of a continuation of what we already know um i mean i you know i didn't hate it kind of like what you guys are saying i didn't hate it but i was disappointed at the same time sure all right and with that we're gonna jump very quickly into spoilers so if you uh want to watch the babysitter killer queen uh tune out now let me just play the ending for you no no i don't want to see how it ends Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. So obviously the big thing is that Melanie is the big bad to this movie, as opposed to B being the big bad to this movie. Uh, I legitimately never saw this coming. At all. Uh, like, they, they hit it very well in the trailer, uh, but I don't know. I, I, I was very surprised by that, and that really caught my attention. Uh, unlike the first yeah. the, the first movie, <laughs> when you watch the trailer, it gives away that B is the one who is uh, is the big bad. In this, it doesn't do that. So like, Well, it's it, called it, The Babysitter. Well, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, like, y- you know what I mean? It's like, there was a, 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 a massive layer of genuine surprise for me with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't see it coming, but I feel like that's the only way, really, that there is a sequel. That, like, the one person that he trusts is now the enemy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know who else the bad guy would have been. Uh, Well, I mean, the way they tell the story with, like, Robbie Amell, like, the Robbie Amell, uh, Bella Thorne characters, like, all those characters, like, it's just, like, the devil's giving them a second chance to Mm -hmm. do this again, to be able to come back to life, and, like, I think maybe they could have gotten away with just that, but I don't know if that would have carried it all the way through, because they were cannon fodder in the first movie anyway. Well, they, they were even more in this one, like, each one got a scene. Right. Yeah, which much. like the the introduction of a new group of Satan cultists to like supplement their numbers in this one just makes it like even more cannon foddery because they're just like chewing through them so quick. Right. Well, you know how I was mentioning how in Killer Queen, I feel like it mirrors a lot of, you know, the same kind of plot points from the first one, in my opinion. And. I didn't see it coming either, Dan. Like, it did surprise me at the time. Like, it kind of blindsided me when that reveal came. Mm -hmm. I guess I should say that I wasn't surprised, though. Like, I didn't see it coming, but when it happened, I wasn't like, oh, my God. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, they're doing what they did in the first one. Because in the first one, they do tell you in the trailer, and like you guys said, you know, Samara is the quote-unquote babysitter. So, we obviously know she's the titular uh, big bad in that first one. But it does come out of nowhere when they're doing the spin the bottle thing and like they're being all sweet. And I mean, I kind of had a sense that this was going to go bad at some point, but I also didn't expect her 
to pull out the knives and you know and stab the dude in the head mm-hmm. and then and then now you go to killer queen and you go to the scene with the reveal with melanie and it's a very similar it's played it plays out very similarly where like you know she slits the throat like out of nowhere and like yeah and they're playing like spin the bottle or right, like seven right. in heaven so right so that's why when it happened i was kind of like oh okay this is basically somewhat of a reenactment not not obviously frame by frame but right very similar to me so it was something that i did not see coming but it didn't like floor me at the same time uh it kind of floored me but uh, i will say i think that's also a failing of the movie in and of itself because i didn't see it coming and i and like i still don't understand why like melanie's motivation is literally a throwaway line where she says well you always know well you know i always wanted to be an influencer right and i'm just like but that's a one-line thing and you could have done that without making a deal with the devil. I mean, look at how many social media influencers there are that, I mean, she could have done that on her own. You know what I mean? So it was kind of a weird Well, motivation. you know, a, a million followers is cool, but you know what's really cool? A billion followers. I, I, you know what? I, I, I Now that I've seen the social network, I knew that was fucking coming. As soon as she says, you know, you know, a million followers is cool. I'm like, and I, I finished the line for her and I was like, yay, mm-hmm. social network. Yeah, McGee and these these two movies, even though I love the first one, I'm gonna put it in the grouping as well when I say this, but they really do suffer from like way too many pop culture references. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're just throwing them out there. Yeah, and like I said, like I I don't know where half these references are like I got the references. So like on that level I understand it, but like there's still the versimilitude of like kids today shouldn't know any of these eighties references at all. Like what's going mm. on there? Hey, good yeah. word, you Stan. Thank you. But regardless, like with with Melanie, because like remember, we don't even see her take like Instagram photos. We don't see her do anything regarding an in- influencery stuff. It's just like, right. oh, she's a teen girl and therefore wants to be an in- influencer. Is that it? Is that is that all the motivation we need to like understand that this is why she's doing what she's doing? Because if that's the case. Okay, that's incredibly weak for a movie, but okay. It is, especially since she's the quote-unquote big bad. You know, I mean, it, 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 something that McGee does in this movie that obviously we didn't see in the first one is he gives everybody that little quick, you know, snapshot of their past and, you know, the deal that they made with uh, B, you know, and, and why they're doing what they're doing. And we get to see what they want to do. Some of them are kind of silly, um, <laughs> you know. And homeboy's shirtless at his job with yep. a name tag on his yeah. tit, you know? <laughs> I love that. And the, the lady's trying to order from just like, complaining what? about everything. Why are you shirtless, <laughs> you cunt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I guess with her, I mean, that was just, I don't know, that, I agree, that was so weak. And it was also really silly because... Like, we're on social media, right? So, I mean, I, I, I hope you, I mean, I'm assuming you guys realize there's like, millions of social media influencers that are making a living doing that. I don't I don't think that's something that you would have to make a deal with the devil to do if you're an attractive young woman. You can be a social media influencer on your own. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Sure. So it was kind of a weird it was definitely not a believable motivation for her to be doing obviously this over the top kind of grotesque storyline that she had, you know? Yeah. Uh the more I think about it, the more I want a, like a solo spinoff movie for Robbie Amell's character, because like <laughs> That'd be great. He he is just like the the slasher villain of the movie. Like in his little origin sequence, 
It's like, well, like, she didn't have to convince him to join the group. Like, he just wanted to kill people. Yeah. Like, he he is the Michael Myers. Like, he has purity of purpose. Yeah, it would be cool. I think it would be great if it was, like, him and John, you know, the black guy, if the two of them had, Mm -hmm. like, a movie where they were, like, a slapstick duo, kind (laughs) of. Those two just cracked me up in this series so much. It's just great comic. It's great comedic timing from both of them. Um. But yes, I agree with you. That would be hilarious to have Max have his own movie. And I think my favorite part about his character is not that like he, he wants to kill people. It's that he's always hyping up Cole. Like no matter what, like even in the first movie, he was always like, you gotta you gotta go stand up for yourself. You go stand up to your yeah. bully. And in this movie, he's like, you got fucking laid? Good for you, Cole. I'm not even fucking mad. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, like right. he, like Cole kills him and he's just like cheering him on like, good for you. Like you pulled your nuts out yeah right finally right. found my dick cole <laughs> <laughs> classic like i i love his character but like then you have like the bella thorne character which like she was fine in the first movie like what they how they wrote her out in the first movie perfectly adequate this movie i was just like eh, eh her character kind of sucks Sonya is just kind of like there, like no offense to her, she just kind of exists. So like I, I don't know, I feel like the women, this is this is my wokeness alarm. This is the wokeness alarm going off. I feel like for the most part, with the exception of probably Phoebe, uh, the women all are pretty underdeveloped in this movie in, in terms of uh, either a doing things or b having their motivation. Yeah. The kill for Bella Thorne was really cool, though. The 127 hours murder of yeah. her, I thought was cool. Although CGI, the CGI just... blow notwithstanding, yeah, no, and yeah. then and then Sonya's kill of the surfboard decapitating her and making her head explode, like uh, CGI blood. Uh, otherwise, it, I thought that was pretty yeah. fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah. I guess they used her more in the first movie, so like they kind of just killed her first in this one, but like. I really, I liked whenever <laughs> she fucking showed up because there was like that creepy guy at the campfire and like the oh, yeah. like new hero girl walks up and the guy's creeping on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sonya comes to kill Cole and just has a fucking flamethrower uh, for some reason. Uh, it may or may not be Spaceballs branded. Uh, but like <laughs> that guy tries to interrupt and she just says silence rapist and just fucking torches him. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like that. That was that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, there's like there's really good moments in this like that, but I don't know. Yeah. Phoebe uh reminded me a lot of a young Vanessa Hudgens, by the way. I don't know if you guys got that vibe or not, but she looked almost like a spitting image of her from like the high school musical films. I see it. I've never seen High School Musical because I'm not a 40-year-old creep, Gerald. Yeah, Gerald. <laughs> that's fair. But just, you know, Vanessa Hudgens. That's what she was. Well, I mean, like. I've seen Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> I, I watched, uh, oh, fuck, what was that movie she was just in earlier this year that I watched? Uh, the Christmas Love movie. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't The Princess Switch. Which I, I, I know offhandedly, so I should probably just she off was, myself it was, tonight. She, it was, uh, she was in the one I hate that you guys love, The Night Before Christmas or whatever. She was yeah, in that. Was that The her? Night Before Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was... <laughs> look, <laughs> look, that's a bad movie, but it's so outlandish, it's entertaining. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it again. Yeah, I kind of do too, breakers. honestly. 
<laughs> oh, don't mm. don't fucking mention Sucker Punch to me. I'll punch you right in the head. I still have mm. to watch that. It's on Netflix. And Spring right Breakers, she was into. Fuck that movie. That movie's ass. Mm. Harmony Corinne's a hack. Love it. Uh, speaking of Phoebe, let's talk about Phoebe. Uh, what did you guys think of our uh, new heroine? Uh, I mean, I liked her. I, you know, I thought, I don't know. I mean, it felt forced at times. Like, they were kind of forcing her and Cole, you know, to come together um, in the story, I mean. But, I mean, that's I mean, I liked the, her. That's kind of the conceit of the movie, though, is that, like, be like manipulated events to force mm-hmm, like right. to put them on a path of destiny together it's mm-hmm. extraordinarily convenient that it worked out mm-hmm. but it, i mean it is what it is like i'm fine with it i like i said i feel like their relationship uh, their budding relationship the way like the way they converse the, their chemistry i thought it was the best part of the movie for me so you know i i, I don't hate it uh, was it convenient to points? Yes. Uh, is, is it, you know, she just continually shows up where she needs to be and, you know, they, they get talking and disco- dis- discover how similar they are. Fine. I, it, it was all fine. I'm fine with that. I, I you know, uh, I'm not going to hate on the movie. I thought she was adequate. I don't know what else she's been in, mm-hmm. but uh, I can see her having a long, fruitful career. I was uh, going to look her up. Jenna Ortega. Oh, she's going to be in the new Scream next year, Scream well, 5. Oh, there you go, horror guy. That's cool. But yeah, I don't recognize any of these other ones, uh, She really. was in You, Jane the Virgin. Oh, she was young Jane and Jane the Virgin. Okay. I don't remember her from Iron Man 3, but apparently she was in that. She was the vice president's daughter. No one remembers that movie. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. No one remembers that fucking movie. Uh, Yeah, so she's like, I guess, a relative unknown. But, I mean, Judah Lewis... I had no idea who he was before this movie, and I, you know, uh, talk about a glow up for that man as he went from dorky looking 12 year old kid to a- actually apparently being 18 in real yeah. life. Yeah, it's strange for me personally because I watched these two back to back. I rewatched the first one the other night, and then I followed it right up, like right after it, and watched the Killer Queen one. <laughs> it was really weird to see Cole. Because he looks really different. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you can you can tell he's the same dude, but like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's a two year gap. It seems more like a four or five year gap. And yeah. he just hit all kinds of puberty in between. Yeah, he hit puberty like crazy. Like, it, I, he's like a fucking basketball player now. That's how fucking yeah. tall that guy that guy is. I mean, the face is still the same. And I want to talk really quick. Samara Weaving. Uh, am I insane or like does does her face look different? To you guys. Much thinner. She was much thinner. She lost a lot of weight, I think. Okay, but and I don't I th- understand. And I think you could tell that in her face, I think. Yeah, I don't... So, I don't know why. I hope everything's okay with her. Because, like, I thought she was pretty thin in the first movie anyway. But, like, I looked at her cheeks and they're, like, less plump. And I don't mean that, like, oh, she's fat mm-hmm. or anything. It's just, like, she had very pronounced, like, cheeks. And that's fine. Like... I just looked at her face. I'm like, wow, she looks like I can tell that's tomorrow weaving, but she looks way thinner. So I hope I hope she's not dealing with anything. I don't know. She probably just was doing a bunch of heroin to research her role for Bill and Ted face the music. Oh, that's right. She wasn't. You did say she. I didn't. I didn't see her in that. But did she look similar in that, Caleb? Yeah, she looked fine. Okay. Yeah, because I'm kind of with Dan where I thought, I mean, I don't necessarily think she like looked unhealthy or anything, but she just looked like different, like 
Yeah, I didn't was... really notice it because she was only in like one big scene and it was dark. So and that's fair. I, I thought it was maybe a wig, the wig, like the wind, the wig was super blonde. But I, you know, I I think back to Ready or Not, and I just look at her face and I'm like it's just so different. Right, I agree. It so, could be for a man, role I love that, Ready or that not. she was doing at the same time, though. You know, yeah, it's, it's possible, and, and like maybe that's why <laughs> they didn't put like her in the marketing well it's also nice to having it having her as a surprise is like samara weaving's back as you know just like a, a throwaway thing but uh maybe that's why it's like they weren't sure they could get her for the movie mm-hmm. so they just went oh well uh and then she was like i have a free day yeah i can come do this yeah like i assume that's why she's only in one part so yeah that's fair because she's somebody now well she is like the ba- I think the babysitter was her big break, and then obviously Ready or Not brought her like into mainstream horror. And then she did like Guns Akimbo, so like, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Dan did did babysitter because I know they filmed babysitter like a couple years before it actually came out. But did oh then that makes it perfect re- sense. Was it released before Ready or Not or after? Uh, I before. can't remember. Ready or Not, I before. think was before. 2018, and okay. Babysitter was okay. 2017. Yeah, when I was watching something on the babysitter the other night to come on with you guys, they were saying that it was filmed in, like, 2015. Oh, and that makes like sense as years. to why Cole is so young. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's more like five years as opposed to... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, da, 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 the two Principal that they Photography push on began us. in October 2015. So mm-hmm. Netflix acquired the, the rights in 2016 and premiered in 2017. So almost exactly two years. So that's why Judah Lewis looks so young. Man. So thank you, Gerald. Mm-hmm. For solving good. the mystery of Judah Lewis. <laughs> good good yeah, job, no, guys. Now can you yeah. uh can you solve the Zelda timeline? <laughs> Fucking nerds. <laughs> uh, oh man. Alright, we're we're done with Samara weaving perhaps being a little too thin. Uh is there anything right. else anyone you wants know to what? say about this movie? How about how about stop nitpicking women's bodies? <laughs> Uh, I mean, the only thing I wanted to mention is what you guys see coming. Is this a franchise now because of the end scene with the book and which yeah. kind of irritated the shit out of me? But what do you guys think? I don't know why it irritated you. It's a literal horror movie trope is that, oh, we're just going to keep this going forever and ever and ever. Maybe that's why. Maybe the next one can be called The Babysitter Dairy Queen, where everybody has an unhealthy <laughs> relationship with food. <laughs> oh. The babysitter. I'm never bringing up anybody. I would watch that. Never talking about the way another person looks ever again. (laughs) Imagine the merchandising on that, Caleb. That'd be amazing. (laughs) A Samara flurry. No fucking Dairy Queen. It needs. It needs to be. It needs to be. The babysitter Tulsi Town with a a crossover with Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons, and and they're the bad people in this movie. Oh boy. Uh, We're stupid people. All right. Uh, final thoughts, Gerald. Guest, be be the final thoughts. You know, I mean, I've thanks for having me. I've already kind of said what I want to say. I mean, it was a disappointment, but at the same time, there was fun to be had here. Um, you know, I love the return of of Samara in it, even though we talked about how weird she looked for some reason for ten minutes. I know, but but I was happy that that she was in it there. Uh, that was a nice little surprise and. 
you know, I just wish it hadn't followed that same formula and I wish it had done something a little original, which of course the first one did. And one of the reasons why I think we loved the first one so much is because it was so original. Uh, but there's fun to be had here. It just, at the end of the day, it was nowhere near, um, you know, I didn't like it anywhere near as much as I enjoyed the first one. So, yeah. Uh, what would you rate it? I gave it a 2.5. Okay. Caleb. It's fine. Uh, three stars. That's, that's, that's the translation. Uh, yeah. as for me, I, I oscillate between eh, meh and bad. Uh, this has some really good parts, but it has some really bad parts. So, uh, I'm going to stick with the bad and just call it a two stars, but like, it's still fun. Like your mileage is going to vary on this one for me. All right. And, uh, with that, Gerald, tell the people where they can find you and your podcast. Well, thanks for having me, dudes. Big fans of y'all. It's always fun to come back and chat with you about Netflix. Uh, the folks can find me on Twitter is the easiest way. It's two P's on a pod, which is TWO spelled out. And then we're all over the place on any podcatcher and social media. It's two P's on a podcast. We have all of our October themed episodes coming up. So there can be some spooky episodes on the way. Shortly after they're hearing this, Caleb was actually on one of those, which was a lot of fun. We talked about our favorite jump scares in movie history. So, yeah, I hope people come over and find us, but it's just two peas on a podcast. And once again, thanks for having me. Thank you for being had. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, and and uh, uh, with that, we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a dick pic that Caleb had for Rush. Beyond the Lighted Stage. Welcome to the Movie Cellar, where we have a VHS collection, an internet connection, and uninformed opinions. My name is Dan. Extremely uninformed opinions, Dan. Get yes. it right. I'm George. And I'm producer Chris. And this is our promo. We've tried like 52,000 <laughs> times. So we're going to get it this time. All right? So... Um, we're a podcast. Yes, that's true, George. And we watch VHS tapes in alphabetical order. Yes, but we only watch one a night, and we don't watch it on the show. You get a brief intermission while we watch the movie, and then we come back and we talk about it, like just whatever is on our mind about it. But we, I just had to stop myself from swearing again. Good job not swearing. Right? This it's is hard. our clean promo. <clears throat> this is a right. lot of preamble. The show is not clean. There's a lot of preamble to our discussions. Oh, we're movies. almost out of time. Hurry no, up, hurry we're up. Good. So, if you want to listen to dumb people talk about movies, check us out. Yeah, that. Bye! Welcome back, everybody. Calebio, it is time to talk about uh, a dick pic. So, we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. Yeah. Uh, my word was Rush, and searching for that on Netflix brought us to Rush, Beyond the Lighted Stage, uh, a documentary about Rush. Uh, what did you think of this? Are you a Rush fan? Did did you like Rush before this? Did you like them after this? I wouldn't call myself a Rush fan. Uh, Rush is... Like, I understand, like, what Rush does and, like, what Rush has meant to a lot of people. Uh, especially thanks to this, because, like, hearing a lot of the music that I haven't heard before, uh, it was like, oh, this is... I hear this in some modern bands that I listen to because they're also progressive and that kind of stuff. As for what I thought of this movie, it is a fairly standard music 
documentary about a band and their history. So, mm-hmm. uh, on, on three, everybody say it with me. One, two, three. It's fine. I didn't say it. Yeah, well, that's fine. Uh, I, I assume those of you who are listening uh, at work next to people who, who you, you, you work with uh, said it's fine, and they just went, what's fine? <laughs> and then and then this starts a long, <laughs> awkward conversation about how, how your life works. Uh, what did you think? I was doing a thing at first on a podcast said... <laughs> If you, all right, real real talk. If you actually said it's fine out loud with me, uh, but comment comment on this episode uh, yeah. on and our website. Maybe think about your choices and where you're at in your life. <laughs> uh, it's true. Um, I don't know. I I grew up on classic rock. I I always liked Rush, and they were always kind of there uh, when I was jamming to classic rock radio, and. Uh, you know, I liked a lot of their songs, but I never really um, thought of them as being like one of the top, top bands uh, that like I would say I love and would go out of my way to uh, listen to. Sure. But um, uh, I don't know. This got me kind of more interested in them. I might I might go back and pick up a few of their other albums that. You know, I never was exposed to and kind of check them out. So uh, also, like, I think that generally just like Neil Pert is one of the coolest uh, people in the music business. Like, I don't know, he he just was like really fun to listen to in this. Like, he's mm-hmm. uh, really articulate, really well read and uh, just seems like a, a genuinely cool guy. If anything, this just was like, hey, uh, it's really interesting to see what Neil Peart goes through. Like, not just like his, the trials that he goes through, like with the death of his, I think it was the death of his daughter. Or like, she was just like very badly hurt and then his wife died. Uh, so like, he just goes on a soul searching journey on the, on his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. But also like the fact that at one point he's like, I have time. I'm going to go learn how to traditionally drum. And you see him begin doing the traditional drum of like the, the I don't know the left hand drumstick like I don't know how to describe the position, but it's like Whiplash. If you, if you've seen Whiplash and you see how Miles Teller is playing, he he looks like that playing the drums. Although now in his uh, his, his later years, I, I guess he's gone back to the uh, rock version where you just hold on to the ends of the sticks as opposed like to like a barbarian. Middle. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I've never seen Getty Lee before. Getty Lee looks exactly like how I thought he would look. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. They're they're just those kind of people that, like, you hear their voice and you hear what they're like, and you're just like, this is what Getty Lee looks like. And it was almost exactly that in, in my head. So, uh, good job, movie, for showing me what Getty Lee looks like. There's, I'm sure there's people in the world who aren't into Rush's music and think they're pretentious, but like those kind of people, like I never realized like the depth of Rush's lyrics, like mm-hmm. fully like, cause it actually shows lyrics on screen and shit and like explains how, like what Neil Peart was fucking, uh, thinking about and reading when he wrote that. But like, there's some people who, uh, 
forsake Rush and instead prefer uh, the classic rock group that uh, wrote, Ooh, that smell. What the hell is that smell? Can't you smell that smell? Uh, and to those people, I say, fuck you. Uh, that's, that's true. <laughs> fuck Leonard Skinner. Eh, or um, whatever. No, no, this is fine. Yeah. Um, good job. We did it. Yeah, we did it. Uh, look, it, it's a no. It's no frills. Like it. Like I said, it's very standard. It doesn't really do anything interesting. Or I mean, the interesting thing is that it, it covers Rush, uh, who are just the facts. Just three guys, and it, it covers their history and presents them as facts, and you know has some uh, opinion stuff by getting you know super fans who are in the music industry who are influenced by Rush to talk during the interviews and, and such. It's it's whatever. It exists. It it looks like something BH one would have done. Uh and that's fine. But like you're if you're looking for a warts and all documentary, I don't think this is really it. Also, from the way Gene Simmons was talking, I don't think there's that many warts. Cause it's not like these guys are fucking Motley Crew like they they opened for Kiss for like sixty shows, and while Kiss was fucking half of mankind, uh, like they would be sitting in their rooms watching TV. Yeah, and like <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was also funny that like early on in their story, like uh, Getty was like making fun of Neil for just reading all the time, and then like the back. Like the last third of the movie, every time it shows Getty Lee, he's just reading a book. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, who's the fucking nerd now, dork? Uh, so with that, uh, what would you rate Rush Beyond the Lighted Stage? Uh, it's like a three. This is a uh, situational recommend. Yeah, uh, yeah if I agree. you like Rush or or just like learning about rock and roll in general, like this is the thing for you and you will enjoy it. But uh, this isn't uh, enough to hit my general recommend level. So, yeah, I agree. Three stars. Well, uh, next week on the show, we're going to be watching The Devil All the Time. Uh, that's the Spider-Man. And who else is in that? Uh, Batman. Spider-Man and Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. You know, eventually uh, and, we're and gonna... We'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave you to figure out uh, which Spider-Man and which Batman. Yes, uh, eventually we'll get to a point where, like, everybody is Spider-Man and Batman. Yeah. And we'll have to explain which one. How many Spider-Man? Like everybody... We have Kilmer, <laughs> Everybody has been Batman. Bat everybody has been the Joker. Bale. Uh, and everybody has been Spider-Man. Holy fuck, there have been six cinematic Batmans in 31 years. And if you count animated ones, it gets even weirder. I know, right? Uh, I actually really liked Will Arnett as Batman. You got, Arnett, you got Bruce Batman. Greenwood, you got Kevin, uh, Kevin Conroy. There are others, but I, I can't think of them now. I just started watching the DC Harley Quinn show. Oh, yeah? I need to find out who plays Batman in that. Uh, let's find out. It sounds like he's trying to channel the animated series Batman, but I yes. don't... Like, it's it's not it, the same it, guy. It might be. 
It might be, but I don't think it is. It doesn't quite sound like it. Because Kevin Conroy is not doing anything right now. He's just not. Yeah. I also don't remember that show very well. Uh, It's got some issues. Oh, it's Diedrich Bader. Uh, For those of you who are interested, Diedrich Bader also did the voice of Batman on Batman Brave and the Bold, which was a kid's WB cartoon. Oh, yeah. Also, he's that, that guy that says no. No, I think you get your ass kicked for saying something like that in uh, office. Office? No, no, no. Yeah, office space. Hell no, man. <laughs> Hell no, man. I believe you'd get your ass kicked for saying something like that. So, uh, yeah, that's what Diedrich Bader's doing with his life. His voice acting, but I mean, he has a great voice. All so right, it's fine. Yeah, he was also on the Drew Carey show. Uh, and on the back of The Devil All the Time, the movie with the superheroes, uh, comes a patron requested review for Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Now, I'm sure you're going to say, but Dan, that isn't on Netflix. Well, of course it isn't. But that is because it comes from Paul from The Countdown, who's in Australia, where that is on Netflix. And Australia and U.S. Netflix have, like, two crossover things at any point in time that aren't Netflix originals. So, get over it! And I will find a way to watch it. I, too, will find a way to watch it. All right. Uh, tell them stuff, Dano. Uh, you can find us at NetflixExpo.com. Uh, NetflixExpo.com slash Patreon takes you to our Patreon page, where you can contribute to us at a dollar uh, a month, and that gets you access to all of our content. Or if you want to be at the $5 level, you can be at, uh, like Paul. And uh, give us a movie to watch every quarter. Currently ongoing on our Patreon is the uh, Gerald Makes Dan Watch series, where Gerald makes me watch the fucking Halloween franchise. And so far, it's uh, not great. Not great, everybody. So if you want to hear me complain about more things, uh, head over to our Patreon. Sign up. Become patrons. And, you know, uh, love us. Uh, also, check out our merch page at netflixandswill.com slash merch, which will take you to our Redbubble store. I'm slurring. Because I had a 46% alcohol by volume drink, so excuse me. Uh, you can find shirts and leggings. Most importantly, leggings. Uh, and, you know, that's it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook, but we don't post on Facebook, so mainly Twitter. All right, goodbye. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, uh, which is called In Space. No one can hear the weather. It's a good title, but no, it's uh, all bitter. <laughs> I love you, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.